In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. I had the luxury of having 27 non-adventure days this summer. Yeah, that's not very many. And while it was fabulous and fun, we needed September to really get back into a routine, to come down a little bit from those adventures, and to find a little bit of, I don't like to say this word, normal, because it's been anything but normal. But the last two weekends, we got back into adventure mode and decided that not only were we going to adventure, but we were going to unplug as well. I turned off my phone. For those that don't know, I'm in the midst of writing a book and I am really close to having my first draft finished. And so I just wanted to remove all of the distractions and decided that I'm going to spend a couple weekends. One weekend was with my kids and my family and I was completely in airplane mode, which if you know what that means, I just turned off the signal on my cell phone so that I could only take pictures. So that was a very intentional decision. And last weekend, I spent some time with my best friend from college. We haven't really been together much, and we had planned for a much more adventurous experience, and it just wasn't working out. And so we still did some untourism in northern Wisconsin, and I will talk about that at a future date because there was some pretty magical moments. But I think every once in a while, when we give ourselves the space When we unplug, when we detach, I did not post on social media, I did not publish a podcast last week, it helps actually create clarity. And sometimes we're just so busy with the to-do list and the daily monotony of what has to get done that it's easy to lose sight of what your intentions are or drift a little bit off of the path that you were hoping for. And it was a really great reminder. It was also a little funny because... I mean, there was a day of no Facebook anyway, or Instagram or WhatsApp or anything. So really, I wasn't even missing out on anything. It was kind of ironic. It was in my week of my detox week. So as much as I took a break, I also have some really big announcements coming. Actually, today I will be launching the Daily Adventure Subscription. And this is an email subscription where you can get a simple adventure idea in your mailbox every single day of the year. And it's set up so that you will get literally an adventure idea of something to do. It is not place-based. It's just a simple adventure idea. So we have that. Again, you'll just get 365 drips into your mailbox or your inbox. And we'll check in on you at the end of the month and see what things have you actually implemented. The beautiful thing about the daily adventure subscription is that it's an idea a day and it, you can join at any time. So it does not require the meetups that the Everyday Adventure Challenge has. It doesn't have quite the accountability built in. There's not the extensive content or the challenges each week. So it really is just ideas in your inbox that you can do so you don't have to go searching 
When you're ready to adventure, you'll have 365 ideas if you stick with me for the year. Again, that's $7 a month. And if that's of interest to you, head to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash Daily ADV. Again, Daily D-A-I-L-Y-A-D-V for Daily Adventure. So that is launching today. And coming up, we will be celebrating our one-year anniversary in the middle of November. I believe November 11th is the exact one-year anniversary date. And in light of that, we have a couple more fun announcements. First, a milestone that we would love to achieve if you want to contribute and help towards this is to have 100 written reviews. So if you would contribute, you can go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review for a tutorial on how to leave a written review. That would be absolutely amazing. I really appreciate anything that you're willing to contribute there. I'd like to highlight a written review that was left recently from Rachel Q. West, and she says, Inspiring Families, I've been listening to Ordinary Sherpa since I heard Heidi's interview on Choose FI, and I'm loving the content. My husband and I traveled a lot pre-kids, and when I was pregnant with our first child, a crazy number of people said, I guess you won't be traveling anymore. Wrong. We've changed how we travel, of course, but we still travel and find ways to experience new things in our everyday lives. This podcast offers ideas and encouragement on how to plan and approach adventure with children, no matter their ages or location. And it doesn't always mean taking a trip. Thank you for your podcast, Heidi. It's always wonderful to find and connect with like-minded people. So if you're looking for something to help Ordinary Sherpa in some way, you're finding value from the content, a written review, again, go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review and leave a written review for us there. We also will be announcing a formal community that has developed around Ordinary Sherpa. It'll be a paid community. The founders group is just forming now. And so if that's something you're interested in being a part of or learning more about, I would strongly suggest joining our email list. Again, if you go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe, all of the announcements typically go out to the email list first, and we try to share them on the podcast. But again, you might miss that if you're not listening to the podcast every week when they launch. This week's episode is making crazy decisions with your partner. And I don't know that this is actually that crazy. I mean, my husband and I have learned a lot of things through the years, and I just thought these things were normal. But then I realized my normal is very different than a lot of people's normal. So I hope this episode is kind of fun. It's a little more casual, as you'll hear, just a conversation between my husband and I talking about things that we don't really think about very often. So it also is a little bit vulnerable (laughs) sharing things about our relationship, not in a weird way, but just in a fun way. Joining me today is the Honorable Brent Dusick. He gave me the last name Dusick, and a fun fact, we are also celebrating our lucky 13th anniversary this week. I don't know if he really understood all that came with those words I do when he agreed to be my permanent adventure partner for life. He's known in our house as husband, dad, Mr. Fix-It, and help with all the things that life throws at us. He seems to find a way to execute project plans and turn dreams into reality. The majority of our community knows him as Mr. Dusick, a tech ed teacher with over 20 years of teaching experience in both the middle and high school, leading project-based trades and skills-based learning experiences, in addition to all of the other duties as assigned. Hey, babe. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. (laughs) that's awkward isn't it it is yeah a little bit thank you (laughs) welcome to the show honey 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting to be on the other side of it now after listening to it. And here we're going to talk about our exciting decision making or crazy decision making. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's weird because we don't really think about these things or talk about these things like we're going to today. So I asked you to come up with a list of like, what were some of the crazy decisions we've made? So I'll just let you start. Let's just make a list of a couple that we've come up with. Uh, I always think back like pre, I guess really when we kind of started dating and I came up with the idea of, or made the suggestion of how cool it would be to go into Sturgis and you were about like, oh yeah, let's go. That'd be really cool. I'm like, it's in like two weeks. We have, I've never done this before. And we're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Pack you were, bags. you were convinced we needed a bigger bike. And I was like, oh, like, for sure. You're not buying a bigger bike. So yeah, we took two weeks. We'll, we'll go into all these in a little bit more detail. In two weeks, we got everything we thought we needed and we got on a bike and it, it was the way we went. <laughs> yeah. It was quite the adventure. That's for sure. And we were really only gone for like a weekend. It was not like we were gone for two weeks. It, it was, was like three days. I think it was four days. Was it? I think yeah. it was like we left on a Wednesday night and came back on Sunday. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, so that was that was a crazy idea. That's probably still the one that stands out in my mind is like the most crazy. But there's been others. We've done a lot of home renovations. And there was a time when I would come up with an idea and you'd be like, no. <laughs> and we'll talk about that too. Because I was forever. Most people don't know this, but I for a while had... A uh, like a DIY blog and I was doing home projects and repurposing things and I'm not even going to tell you what it was because I don't like it and I don't want to share it with you so but I was constantly finding junk and as Brent would say finding junk finding junk yes and bringing it home <laughs> and it was really causing some strife in our marriage because he had to look at it but I had a lot of cool ideas a lot of oh, you did you did you, and you just have a lot of ideas and then you're like how do I do yeah, this? Yeah, and then the execution, I'd fall apart and be like, "Oh crap!" I need your help. I need your help. <laughs> that's how partnerships work. That's right. So that's part of it. We'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, do you remember the time we were so in our old house where we tore up the tile, the perfectly good tile in the kitchen, which started from a shower. Leak. Yeah, this all began. Oh my gosh, this is such a funny story. That was a mess. We had a shower that was leaking in the downstairs bathroom which was right off of the kitchen and it was a shared bathroom with a laundry room and the shower was leaking. So we decided to replace the shower and then somehow we replaced the entire tile floor that went out into the kitchen. That's because it was, it was higher than the rest of the floor and I always kicked it. Yeah, we didn't like it. It was uncomfortable because we had hardwood floors everywhere else in the house except in the kitchen and you would like stub your toe because it wasn't flush with the hardwood. So I'm trying to think of some other things that we came up with. What were some that you thought of? Um, Going to Florida to get the RV. Yeah. Sight unseen. Buying an RV online. You know, I think that was an interesting... Because we also were pretty much done looking. We, we went, went and bought an, an RV from a person, person who turned out to be amazing. I'll just oh, yeah, say, it was like, great. It was in the end, it was an amazing experience. I think some of the times, like even some of our adventures, when we I, we taught all the kids how to ski before they were age two, so there were some... Pretty interesting moments there. Kids falling asleep while going down the ski hill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the kids, I'll never forget. I think it was LMA. LMA. Literally fell asleep while we were skiing. Yep. And then Micah fell asleep on the chairlift. Yep. So we've had a couple of interesting moments there. I don't know. See, some of these, I'm like, these are just becoming normal for us. It's our new, it's our own version of Newborn normal. to uh, Cubs game. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that was probably stupid, actually. <laughs> Micah but was... LMA got free peanuts. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't even that game. That was a different game. Was it? Yeah. When I was pregnant, we went to Arizona to see the Cubs and Brewers, and LMA ate the neighbor's peanuts. Yes. And we didn't realize that. No, when Michael, we had literally had a baby. Two weeks later. I had been in a car accident that summer, though. That was a pretty rough summer. And we were kind of just done. We're like, let's go. Let's go. Everything's good? Great. Let's go. And we went to a baseball game with a one-week-old. He was older than that. Nope. He wasn't. (laughs) I don't even think he was one-week-old. It was all fine. It was all good. Yeah. So anyway, I think that is a good start. Those are some of the crazy things we've started to do as a family or that have been a part of us and who we are. And a lot of people, I think, struggle with how do I get my spouse to be adventurous? Would you describe yourself as adventurous? Uh, no, not really. I wouldn't say like super adventure. I, I think adventure is like adventure us, like extreme adventure. Like you're going mountain climbing risk-taking I think more mm-hmm. adventurous I think just is just you know adventuring like just going off and just enjoying life like yeah. that's not like in my mind extreme I don't know yeah. had you done any travel before you really met me I think you'd been you'd been I, in I'd a, been on a plane once once before I met you yeah yes and what other kinds of things would you do for fun or what kind of things light you up um probably just uh, motorcycling and then mountain biking, just kind of more of the outdoors stuff like hunting, fishing yeah. was more my, yeah. my, my release, I guess I'd say, or adventure. And we should probably just put this on the record. There are some things that quantified our relationship, such as I come with a bunch of hunting land. So that probably was one of the... That was the icing on the cake. That was the- <laughs> <laughs> I do remember a conversation about guns and you're like, well, we're getting married <laughs> now, so I need, I, I need, need a bigger a gun. gun. A different gun, not a bigger gun. Either way. It was because, let's set the record straight, because I did say this is not something we should be talking about in public, and now we're talking about it in public. (laughs) But to set the record straight, that was because where you were going to be hunting after you married Different type of gun for hunting. Yeah, and it was a different region or whatever of the state. so. So you were not, I would say, yeah, you were much more steady, more stable, more grounded, and I was a little bit more free-spirited. Is that a pretty I'm good assumption? Yeah, you're the rock. <laughs> no, but I also think I see ideas and you figure out how to make them happen. I I wouldn't say we're like yin and yang. I'm more like, how are we going to execute it? Where that doesn't, you're just right to it. Like, let's just go. And I think that brings into the question of the whole, like, you can't say no thing that oh, we come yeah. up with. Because that leads into a lot of the stuff. Because I am more looking at what it takes to do it and you're all about like even like with our home renovations like oh we're just gonna rip up this tile in a day and i go into my construction background and go oh that's not like a day project we got to worry about underlayment we got to get it prepped and get the hardwood floors up and and which there's just a lot of work to it so i look at the work aspect of it and you're looking at the finished product of the the amazing hardwood floors which is great but i sometimes are like no i don't want to do that which brings up that we've kind of formulated a we cannot say no for 24 hours so you just got to mull it over just bite your tongue and just okay yeah let it settle there was a period when i had probably an idea a day i may have had an addiction to pinterest and i was forever coming up with ideas and i think attaching unrealistic expectations to them and i remember coming down to you one night and i was like giving you i was so excited about this new idea and you said, 
No. <laughs> Just like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my mind with this dude. I was like, why? We can't even talk about it. And you're like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's not realistic. It doesn't make any sense. So that led up to the rule. And do you want to state what the rule is nice and clear for my audience, babe? That with any suggestion or idea, we cannot say no for at least 24 hours. And in that 24 hours, what do we usually do? We usually talk about it. Yeah. Or you like stew on it or do, I do. research. Yes, I am the researcher. So if it is something of that nature, I need to like look into it. It's I got to know all the steps and pieces that need to go with what that grand idea is. <laughs> and there's also been times when I wake up the next morning and I was like, yeah, that was a really bad idea. We're just going to erase that one. Or I'll come to the 24-hour point and be like, yeah, I'm going to reject that one. That was a bad idea. So, yeah, it's been a good rule in our relationship. And every once in a while, we had friends that are like, so if it's a really bad idea, you really can't say no? <laughs> there is the easy just there's no. A, there's a hell no option yeah, every once in a while. There's the hell no. Like if... If someone decided they wanted to have another child, we'd be like, uh, hell, hell no, no we're, we're done. <laughs> That's a clear, we've got a couple <laughs> of them that way. Sometimes the floor is a good example of it started out as a tile shower and then it just kept growing into this huge project. And I took a day off of work to do this and I think I busted out two tile. <laughs> I think it was more like four. And I was like, damn. This is exhausting. There's no way we were going to finish that floor that day. But I had no idea. I had no context. We got the tile out, though. We did. did. And we won. We won. We won the battle. Yeah. And got hardwood floors in there. Yeah. It was a lot of work. And it was an ugly process. Yes. It was dirty. It was dirty. And I think the way the previous owners did the cabinetry on top of the tile, it was just, there was a lot of... uh, Yes. No, they, they didn't, didn't put the cabinets on top of the tile, right? No, they, they did. Okay. They, which is the right way to do it, but it was a remodel job. So they had the cabinets out and they just ran it underneath there, which if they didn't do that, we wouldn't, I wouldn't have had to lay on my side for a day cutting out all the underlayment. <laughs> yeah. Lessons learned the hard way. But I feel in some ways, renovating a home is quite an adventure. And we did so many renovations on our last house. Yes, we did. It just felt like every year. Actually, we've done a lot of renovations on this house, too. Yeah, we've. Probably, we like renovations. We like them. I don't know that we like. I, like, I said that, and I don't think that's true, actually. But we like the end product. Yes. It's hard when you see potential in something. You can't just let it sit there. We're working on it. We're almost there. Yeah, Maybe I in five like, more years. I feel like we are at a point, though, where we're like, okay, it's good enough for right now which is exciting. Let's talk about some of the other crazy ideas that we've had, like teaching our kids to ski. This was actually kind of an interesting and unplanned development. Yeah, it was actually, because I think I got involved in the ski club. Yeah. Took over the ski club advisor, and with that came a season pass. So we kind of were like, oh, you know, we I think went probably, well, obviously before kids I started doing it. And then once we had kids, it was like, We'd, we'd never gotten the, the family pass. It was just kind of like this thing that that's when the kids started getting old enough. And I think we had Caleb out on the hill at like 18 months and away we went. We just were like, ah, oh, we're going to try this. We bought some skis and that was the norm for probably, oh my gosh, what, seven years, eight years? Yeah, there was a period where I felt like I was either pregnant 
or having a baby for like a good there was a it was a good seven years felt like that was a constant and I remember I think it was with Caleb it might have been I, I'm pretty sure I was pregnant with Caleb and I'm a pretty decent skier and where we were going was very easy it's not like it's icy but it's not like it's a hard ski hill no there's nothing and someone was like you can't jeopardize having a baby like you're pregnant you shouldn't be skiing what if you fell and I was like really you're gonna take this away from me and I think that was my first dose of like what do you mean I can't adventure and have like those that was one of those things where I think I was like no I'm gonna keep adventuring like I'll figure this out I'm not gonna harm my child in the process I'll figure this out and I never stopped skiing no. We did do a couple of ski trips without Caleb. I think that by the time, I mean, the first year, obviously. Yeah, when I, we were going up north, and then we, I think we took a couple. Yeah, we had a babysitter with. But he was pretty young. Yeah. But then it got to that point where, gosh, he was skiing at two, and then we had another baby. And then we kind of just pushed him. And, they, and <laughs> it, right, dude, it got to, to that get, point, because you're you a snowboarder. Go. I think right. this is the interesting part was when, so you're a snowboarder, and you tried. I tried going back. He tried going back to skiing. Yeah, and it was, was it was like having another child. <laughs> it's probably worse than having another child because you're like big and lanky and can fall farther. That was kind of. But a you fun. couldn't help me with the leashes. I don't know why. <laughs> Come on. We used to have these. It's like a harness, right? Is that? Yeah, how you, it's, like, it's a, a, like a backpack. We call it the backpack because it goes on and it's like a backpack. And then there's these longer leashes. But the nice thing about the backpack is it always has a handle. And trust me, we still keep it on our youngest because. He needs he needs a handle every once in a while. And our middle to child, too. Yeah, there's been a couple. I've already told that story. I know. I just, that always comes up in my yeah. head. And I didn't even use the backpack for that. That was... <laughs> we're talking about when, when my daughter was dangling off of a chairlift. If you haven't heard that story, if you listen to... I'll get the... the I'll link it in the show notes. It's the Facing Fear episode. I think it's 35, but I will double check that and put it in the show notes. So skiing with little ones, you know, it was interesting, though. A lot of people gave us credit for it. And the kids had a blast. But I think the hardest. What was the hardest part of that? Making sure they had food. Yeah. And were warm. Yeah. That was the huge thing. But other than that, I mean, they were, it was just like going sledding, but you were going skiing. And I think just, you know, being patient. And that's with anything with kids. If you're not patient, it's it's not going to be a good day. If you're trying to rush through it, you're just setting yourself up. I think level setting your expectations you know that this is our goal is to get down one run before we go in for a snack right i think we made the rule right two runs it's two or three yeah because depending on the weather pretty small runs i think another piece of that was just making the kids responsible for their gear you know i think that taught them that was tricky for a while was carrying all of our gear from the parking lot to the lodge and not forgetting gloves and all the stuff that goes with it yeah. Or getting the wrong gloves and getting there. Yeah. So in some ways, you and I, probably inadvertently, I don't know that we had like communicated a plan of how to do this or, but we have definitely created routines. So when there's a crazy idea of like, let's just go, let's just go skiing. Cause now we do that more frequently. We're like, okay, let's go. Oh yeah. Okay, Usually I'm go. like, you're the food, like the planner and like the the warm gear for like what they should wear, like socks and stuff. Yep. I take care of pretty much all the food and the clothing and you take care of all the gear. All the gear. And getting the car ready. Right. Yeah. So that's been another, I think it's just a lesson learned. You start to build on, I have a strength in spatial awareness and this is probably one of 
Brent's going to laugh at me for a second because I would get so annoyed when the car would get packed and I'm like, oh my God, there's a corner over here that's totally unused. So, But I got everything in. Yeah. And it worked. And for a long time, we would fight over silly stuff like that. But now I think we just understand who's strong in what areas and what really matters. It clearly was not worth fighting over how the car was packed. But it was more about who won. Well, I won. <laughs> I won. I won. I know. I packed it and you're in it. And I think that just demonstrates another thing is we've also learned to have fun in the middle of all of this because, you know, there's going to be so many crazy times. I've noticed when one of us is super jacked up and like agitated, the other one is usually really calm. Just knows to let it happen and let it roll. Just let dad go off the handle right now. Don't go near him. We've been here before. You as well. (laughs) Come on. I was waiting for you to come back. Yeah, so I think some of that is just knowing each other. We've been together long enough to know like what your habits are or what your strengths are and having fun and laughing about it. Along those lines too, I don't think we stay mad very long, but it seems like even when we fight, usually within 24 hours, we're like, dude, sorry. That was, that was pretty crappy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Brent's trying to remember the last time I said sorry, right? I am. Now in case you're wondering. <laughs> Anything else related to teaching our kids how to ski? Kind of one of those things, I think, just starting them out early. Like a lot of people are like, wow, I wouldn't do that until like later. And to me, it was like, we're here. Like this is the best time to learn and just take it slow. Again, going back to our expectations, we had some pretty clear expectations of what was required before they could be on their own. And in some ways, I saw so many of your middle school and high school students seeing, and I was like, oh my gosh, my two-year-old's better than they are. (laughs) And it wasn't like, it's not a competition, but we taught them how to ski in control, and they had to be able to do S-turns and stops and all that kind of stuff on their own. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to brag on my kid, but we have got some pretty amazing skiers. Yeah, they can can beat me down the hill. I'll, I'll just admit it. We did like a race down the hill, and... There was no chance. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just slowed down because there's people just to make, <laughs> yeah. just like, you need to go slower, buddy. You need to slow down. They've been exposed yeah, to some good skiers too, though. Some of the. Yeah. They've had some pretty good role models. People we've hung out with used to ski, not professionally, but at the college Competitive level. level yeah. yeah. Competitive skiing. So they've been exposed to people too, I think, having good role models and that have inspired them and having other people take an interest in them along the way. You know, I think what's funny is that they've grown up being at these high school ski club events and so kids see them and are like dude you're a good skier or they'll do things like that one year the high school students remember they Sam? won that yeah they won the, the little stuffed animals they won and stuffed animals them. and gave it to them so it was just always kind of fun to see how they would interact so i think we do set expectations usually they're around safety and making sure our kids are in control at all times But then also knowing there's been a couple of close calls, too, where it's like knowing who's around you and what to expect. And and we have fun. I remember Caleb one time fell and had (laughs) markers in his pocket. It was the full out garage sale. And we're like, dude, what are you selling? (laughs) Markers, highlighters all over. Or markers. I remember. What, what are? What do you have markers Why in your pocket? Was like markers in your pocket. I don't know. I just had them in there. I forgot to take them out, and they're just all over we the were, hill. We were laughing because it gave a whole new definition to yard sale. Okay, so let's. We'll tell the story about the RV on an upcoming episode because we kind of go into detail about what to look for in case people are looking for RVs. So I'm not going to tell that story, but just 
from that lens, we've now done some crazy things together. Oh, we did tell the story about me making you, well, I like to say me making you buy a bigger bike oh, when we were in Sturgis. But that was kind of a funny story. That was a crazy idea. That was. But then that, again, I, it was just one of those like interesting days, I think, because when we did the first Sturgis run, I wanted to get, thought we needed a new bike. And you were like, oh, we. So this is the bike. You can't get rid of her. And I was actually at a Harley shop looking at one the day we left. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And then lo and behold, we drive 800 miles out west and couldn't get the key out of the motorcycle that we had and stopped to get it repaired. And you took a picture of one and 24 hours later, we're driving a different bike. (laughs) Yeah. And that was, yeah, because then we spent a majority of that morning. That day. That day really really getting the bike figured out. So Mm -hmm. of those, of the four days days we had in Sturgis, one day was spent at the Harley shop getting a bike. And now we still have her. We do. And she's very much a part of our family story. I won't let you get rid of her. No, tried. (laughs) We've talked about that a lot. I'm like, it's paid for now. Come on. Buying the RV, I don't think was as crazy because we already had that quick, spontaneous. We had less than 24 hours with the with the Harley. Actually, we had less than two hours with the Harley because it literally got traded in and we had to make a decision on it. We had a temporary offer and then we called them back that night and confirmed it. Yeah, that was a, it was, yeah, one of those, it was pretty exciting times. I mean, just going in there and not expecting it and you kind of being like, oh, look at this bike. This is a pretty one. I'm like, oh, that's such and such. And it was yellow. Everyone. Yep, it was yellow and black. The only reason I really cared was because it was yellow and yellow is my favorite color. And so it became the bike, but yeah, it was just traded in. And actually the, the owner came up to us and was like, Hey, are you looking at, looking for a bike of this? And we're like, yeah, we're kind of looking at this one and like, Oh, I just traded that one in over there. Yeah. And we ended up becoming, I wouldn't say friends with the but we previous out, owners, yeah. but we definitely hung out definitely, with them, yep. which was kind of nice because you got to know a little bit more about the bike and little quirks right. and stuff like that. So, so I guess my point is it wasn't that uncomfortable then to go buy an RV online, to go to Florida on a one-way ticket, having never seen this RV. Um, we did do a Zoom video call and several phone calls. Right. That helped. But it was more like I think the excitement or the unexpected was that we're buying something out of state. Yeah. Like that was it was big. It wasn't like you're some buying, you know, something on Amazon and it's just gonna ship to you and it's gonna be at your doorstep. And I think that was the I don't know how I don't want to say it, but that was kind of the That and it made getting the money there trickier because it was also a holiday that we were going down. So there was, it was more like navigating all the pieces to actually make this work. I think the crazy part of this was that we were anticipating several more adventures. It actually didn't turn out as bad. And I don't want to say bad because it was good. But I think I expected it to be a little bit more adventurous than it was, but it was pretty calm. Like we didn't get pulled over for not having license plates. And I did manage to park it without any, like I had never driven anything this big before. And I thought for sure, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was pretty convinced. That that was, that was, a, yeah. that was an adventure, like in my head, because I left to come back home and left the family down in Florida and booked my flight and also booked a campground to stay in the day I left, not realizing that we couldn't get into the campground until one o'clock and I was leaving on a flight yeah. at 11 o'clock. It's a, it was so a good test was, though. Like, it was. And I, now I'm going to do it again. I'm going to drive solo 
but like by myself without you in the passenger seat for the first time. And I'm kind of excited about it because now I'm like, I can do this. Yeah, I got this. It's really, I was telling someone the other day, it's really, it's our RV is about what, 30 feet? 30 feet, yeah. And I thought it would be like driving a school bus and it's really not much different than driving your truck. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, you just got to be mindful of that. You're just, you're longer. I mean, it drives just like. And you turn because you're sitting like on top right. of the tire. So you don't have the hood to like anticipate your turn. You're just like, oh, I'm turning and it takes a little bit. And all of a sudden you're like, and I'm still turning. <laughs> and I think braking, you know, there's just. Got to be a little more slower. Just got to be a little bit more aware. I think my, my biggest, I wouldn't say anxiety around it is. I guess anxiety. The thing I get nervous about really is the width of the road, some of those country roads. And when it's there's no shoulder, I'm like, I'm just seeing myself like going off the shoulder and then like tipping the RV over. And I just don't want to do that. That would be bad. I sat in the passenger seat during one of those up the mountain drives in North Carolina. And my bicep hurt so bad from holding onto the armrest. Like that was going to protect me. If we rolled over, if I hold onto the armrest, my weight won't take us over the side. Like that legit was, was in my head. So yeah, purchasing the RV, driving the RV, not getting pulled over without license plates. Oh, Easter in, oh, in yeah. the Bass Pro Shop parking. Was it Bass Pro no, Shop? No, Cabela's. It was Cabela's, Cabela's yeah. parking lot. That turned out to be way cool. It was. We decided we didn't want to rush home. Right. And we kind of made a last minute decision to not make it home for Easter, which then we were like, huh, I wonder if the Easter Bunny's going to find us here. That was actually a very valid concern of all of our children. We didn't really expect to be on the road for Easter. I mean, it was kind of a possibility, but right. it definitely was like an, okay, this is happening. We got to figure out how to inform the Easter Bunny. Which he found us. Life was good. He did. And it, it actually turned out to be really cool. It was. Yeah, the eggs were hidden all throughout mm-hmm. the RV, and they all had an Easter basket hidden somewhere. That were it was kind of hard to find them too. They were mm-hmm. it was way more fun than I expected it to be. Right, and it took a lot longer. And I think we even treated them to like Dunkin' Donuts or something. It was a pretty big day. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> no, I, I forgot feel... about the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it was a big day. It was. I a feel big like day. it's old school. <laughs> I know, big day, Dunkin' Donuts. So I think part of the other piece that we have, and I don't know that we've talked about this, is when we are going to splurge on something, we have another, I don't even like rules. I have a hard time calling this one a rule, but it's kind of an agreement, I guess, right? Yeah, I would say it's more of an agreement. And it's more that we need to have a conversation about if we're going to splurge or or if you're going to do a purchase, I think is kind of where where we kind of look at it. If we're looking for... You know, kind of that, that one piece, like I've talked about getting a new mountain bike, like, and, and our rule is like, if it's over 200 bucks, we need to at least talk about it. So it's not like I'm just out running through the, the bike shop and something catches my eye, you know, and if it's over 200, at least, at least we need to have a conversation. About it. I don't know that it even is a conversation. I think we usually are okay with even a text and a picture. Oh, right. But just that I don't come home with something. You're like, oh, well, yeah, surprise. did something here or, you know, like. Just that more so that we're both covering each other, that there wasn't something else planned that's going to upset the budget, if you will. Yeah. I think is more the, the unwritten rule of just we need to know that there's not something else down the line that we forgot about. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of like the surprise element. I don't know that either of us really like money surprises. Yeah. So it was helpful for us to be like, OK, are we on the same page? And it actually it became a really helpful planning tool because then we weren't making unnecessary purchases Mm -hmm. it kind of was 
a common sense check or like a check-in to say like, this is your conscience speaking. Right. And this was not in the budget for the month or even, I mean, I love a good deal, right? So there were times, <laughs> I wish you guys just saw his It was on sale. There were times where it was like, it was on sale or it was at a rummage sale. This is not, Heidi, you seriously. You don't need any more luggage. shoes. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I do actually need to get rid of shoes. But do you remember that luggage thing that I bought? And I was so excited about it. And you're like, this isn't even going to fit on our car. We needed to. Oh, yes, that one. That big white one. Yeah. The car top carrier. That's what it was. Yep. Another one where I had to figure out how to attach it to the car. Yeah. So now how do we make this work? <laughs> we did make it work, but we did end up selling that one. We did. So I think it's, I found it actually pretty helpful. I'm more the spender and you are the penny pincher. But you aren't willing, if you're looking for something, you don't care what the price it is. You'll like go into the store. I never send you to the store for groceries because like (laughs) I can tell you the price of bread and milk and egg. I know about 90% of our grocery list, like what's a good cost? And you will go in and blow the grocery budget in one trip. Yeah, I'm more the I've done my research and I know what I want and I'm going to get it And, and not necessarily like. I walked through the store and it's, I'm not shopping for a sale. I'm getting. So he's no longer allowed to go to the grocery store or he goes to the grocery store with a very specific list. Yeah. And I usually do. Yeah, it's okay. We know our strengths, right? And I don't shop for groceries. And groceries is in my cart. But then you take care of all the vehicles. I couldn't tell you the last time my oil was changed. Trust me. I got you covered. Yeah. And that's a wrap. I hope you had a little fun bantering with us as we talk through how we make decisions, but also get a little bit of fun and inspiration and a little bit of behind the scenes and what happens in our relationship. I have nine key takeaways from this episode. Number one, take 24 hours to think through any crazy idea. Giving yourself the time to think can avoid major emotional decisions and give the other person time to explore and wrap their head around the idea. Number two, Level set expectations with each new experience. Skiing with kids, the expectation was to complete at least two runs, depending on weather, before we went in to take a break. Knowing these things can just help set yourself up for a better experience. Number three, no decision is ever final. With experience comes growth and decisions evolve and change over time. Number four, having each person responsible for certain aspects of a decision helps to move ideas forward. Rely on each person's strengths and abilities. It's okay to build in responsibilities for the kids, too. Number five, what really matters? Does it really matter how the car is packed? Sometimes done is better than perfect. Number six, have fun in the process. Laugh about your mistakes and enjoy all the crazy moments. There will be way too many for being so serious. Number seven, there's no reason to wait for the right time. People discouraged us from skiing and traveling with kids because they were too young. Today, our kids are stellar skiers, and we're able to notch up the adventure and enjoy time skiing together as a family. There is no such thing as the right time. Number eight, there's a huge benefit to having other people take an interest in your desired outcome. Who inspires and mentors your kids? Who else could reinforce principles that you might be thinking about with your partner? I always try to look for the helpers. Listen and learn from those who actually have more experience than we do. We gravitate towards those individuals in designing our adventure tribe and our trusted advisor circle. Number nine, what is your splurge agreement? 
Having a risk tolerance threshold or process helps eliminate surprises that might upset your partner. The majority of disagreements in relationships stem from disagreements from stress over money. I hope this conversation gave you a little more insight into not just the banter between my husband and I, but also different ways to approach conversations when there can be tension around designing adventure experiences or throwing a crazy idea out for discussion. Perhaps this will offer you just a little bit more support, a little bit more inspiration, another way to think about a potential idea and know that there is a community out there of people who are on all different tracks of life. You don't have to have all the answers. You just need to find someone else who's been there before. Thanks for joining us on this journey, and hopefully we'll see you around either in the Adventure Tribe, in the Ordinary Sherpa community, or as a subscriber for our brand new Daily Adventure subscription. Until then, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.